Caitlin Stancil. We are switching things up a bit with this episode, and we are starting with this week's real life spook because we have two special guests here with us joining us on our recording, Ben Hoover and his daughter Hollis. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us. It's fun to have <laughs> a, a real life spooks in real life. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was very weird. We were on a family vacation here recently, and it was just, you know, I'm a, a news anchor by trade, so I'm a little, little skeptical of, of things like this, but that night was definitely, uh, something was going on, so. Very cool. Well, tell us a little bit about yourselves, guys. You said you're a news anchor, so that's how we kind of uh, found you was through Caitlin's aunt who follows you up in the upstate. But tell us about that, you, your family. That's right. Uh, well, I'm a, uh, a news anchor by, uh, by trade, and I work at uh, the CBS affiliate in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I've also worked at uh, WIS in Columbia. Hollis is a upcoming sixth grader here in Columbia. Mm -hmm. She's excited to start in the fall. And, you know, basically she's just been in quarantine and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and schooling and all that kind of stuff and now I guess our summer vacation continues uh, but we wanted to start it off with a trip to Jekyll Island uh, with Hollis Anderson her 15 year old brother and Rachel their mama and so we planned a weekend to Jekyll Island in Georgia and you know I, I knew a little bit about it I knew, you know, like movies had been filmed there. It's a beautiful scenery with the Spanish moss trees. And we booked at the Jekyll Island Club. When you book a hotel, you don't read its history or anything like that. We went into it completely not knowing anything about the history there and the stories and the legends and things that had happened. And so that's just kind of how the weekend started. I bet you'll be looking up your hotel history from now on. <laughs> <laughs> If I won't, uh, their mother definitely will. <laughs> so Hollis, you're 11 years old, right? Yes. And you're the one that kind of had the actual spooky encounter at the hotel, right? Yes, that's correct. And when we first got there, you and Mama felt something in the hotel. Yes, I mean, it's already an, an older hotel. Explain to them a little bit about what it kind of felt like in there. Um. So there's like a long, 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 like, kind of drive like to get to like the whole like kind of place so it looked really nice like it was like a sunny day and it felt really warm and just like good but then like kind of as you got up to the hotel and everything you kind of felt well at least I did and my mom did felt kind of more of like a spooky vibe and like mm -hmm. kind of felt like there was something about that place that was was off like definitely so it's like lined with kind of the big trees and everything right yeah. okay that sets the stage. Mm -hmm. And I, I dropped them off uh, at the, you know, at the front entrance. And then I went to park the car. And when I went, when I parked the car and came up into the room, um, <laughs> I kind of knew immediately that they were feeling something because I, I just, you know, and I know my daughter and I know Rachel very well. And uh, Rachel said, do you like it? I was like, yeah. <laughs> 
and she said, I don't know, just, you know, it's, it's just, it's just kind of got, you know, this very kind of vibe to it. These long hallways, these uh, pictures of these, you know, old, old men, like the, the picture right outside of our room, there was this historic uh, picture, black and white picture and a group of about four men. And one of the men didn't have an, it looked like he didn't have any eyes. Thinking back on it now, it's just too many things happened. But, you know, we decided to give it a, a go. You know, we had already, you know, kind of gotten settled. And we went to the pool for a little bit. And then we just kind of did the whole beach thing. And then we came back that night. And, you know, everybody was getting in their bed and all that. I put on the, the, the Trump rally, his speech that <laughs> night in Tulsa. And we were watching that. The children were, uh, you know, going to sleep. And they had both gone to sleep during the rally. And we were still up watching it. I was on the side of the bed. We were on the second floor, and I was on the side of the bed that was directly, the wall went directly outside. And we were on the second floor, and I heard down in the corner uh, three knocks coming from the wall. Well, was that from the wall to the room on the other side of us, or was that the wall going outside? And I heard it again. And at that point, I leaned down to get closer to the wall. And again, we're on the second floor, so it's not like somebody could be out on the sidewalk. Right. That noise. And then I heard it again, a, a distinct, you know, three knock. And honestly, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, you know, it may have been somebody outside uh, banging a trash can or something. But it was like 11 o'clock at night at this point, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And I um, just didn't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, Hollis sat straight up in her bed <laughs> and tell them what you told us. Okay, so I stood up straight in my bed and kind of looked around the room a little bit. And like, I just say like, oh, I, I just had a really scary dream. And what was in my dream basically was like this we were at the hotel and the resort and everything and it was fine but we come across this like super tall like lady who like slumped over and like would just like look straight at you in your eyes and like just smile so wide and she would like say like may I help you she would always be asking you that and like you didn't even bother her but it was kind of a short dream but like I just stood straight up, which was so weird. Like, usually I don't do that. Like, I've never done that in my dreams. But that was basically kind of what happened. And that from there, like, that's when we kind of, like, started thinking, oh, this place isn't so fun and happy. Especially her mother. Her mother's very in tune with that kind of stuff. And I laid there and I thought, hmm, you know what? I bet this place might be haunted because, um, you know, it was very old. It kind of had, like, a Grove Park Inn kind of feel. Mm -hmm. ever, mm -hmm. Yep. Where, you know, very old, but still, you know, you knew that there was a lot of history there at that hotel. So I just immediately did a Google search and just did Jekyll Island. I don't even know what I Googled. Je Jekyll Island like haunted, haunted. haunted. Yeah. That's what I did. Jekyll Island haunted. And all this stuff started coming up. It Especially is the <laughs> Island Club there has a lot of, of yeah. ghost history. Yes, it's all about the island. You're exactly right. It's the, the the hotel, and it just it's on every pretty much every top ten list of 
uh, most haunted hotels in America, you know, <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot in Charleston, a lot in New Orleans, but this one in particular. And I start reading and reading, and I, and I, I was kind of reacting to it going, oh, my gosh. And, and Rachel started going, <laughs> what is it? And I said, some of these stories involve people seeing yes. ghosts like Hollis just uh -huh. mentioned. A very tall butler type man who appears in the hallways. And when you walk towards him, he kind of steps backwards. Lady, similar to what Hollis explained. Really? Uh, oh my gosh. A very tall woman. Like it was just weird that she had mentioned specifically a very tall woman with a very wide grin. Mm -hmm. And some of these descriptions in these, and there was one book that I pulled up. It was like, uh, they were excerpts from this book where this guy went around and to all these different hotels and he actually like set up shop there or got a job there and experienced all this stuff. And they talked about JP Morgan, how he was basically, he lived there for a long time. You know, the, the guy who started wall street lived there. Uh, this man named, he was a, a railroad tycoon. Uh, apparently his favorite room there in the annex of the hotel which we ended up that we were in the annex of the hotel that he his he comes back and visits his favorite suite and sometimes he will people will go in and take a shower and come back out and there will be newspaper laid out and a coffee cup full of coffee that wasn't there because he likes to come back and have his morning coffee and read the wow <laughs> yeah wild that sounds and like I, a nice ghost <laughs> that's the whole thing about it is that's why i mean I was a little, a little bit nervous, but nothing seemed sinister or, you know, like you said, they, they seemed to be friendly. They, you know, maybe they were trying to spook you a little bit, but they weren't, it didn't seem like they were trying to do any of these stories that I was reading, anything bad. It was just very, I guess, interesting to me. But I think reading more, I think we may have been in that guy's suite because the description of the room that they that he appears in apparently is second floor annex last door on the left and that is the room we were in right that sounds exactly yeah. like it oh my goodness well, i think we were in that room um <laughs> hollis did you get the feeling in your dream that the woman was uh bad or evil or was it more just creepy i mean what was your feeling about her intention definitely in the dream i felt a creepy vibe and it was like she was I don't know I felt like she was not really a nice ghost yeah the more I read about it uh apparently people hear the knocks on the walls the knocks that I was hearing I was reading about that online that it was all just lining up with it was just too weird and then the stairwells apparently every time we would uh enter the hotel or or enter or exit we had to go through these stairwells that Again, we're very, you know, old, the original floors, original windows, and that is where Andrew, or, uh, Rachel and Hollis would get weird vibes, and apparently that's where a lot of different things would happen, where uh, people would be walking down the long hallways and see people, and then they'd get to the stairwell, and the person would be gone. Um, mm. it, it was just weird. Every time we got into the stairwells, I, I, maybe, you know, Rachel and Hollis just are more in tune with this kind of stuff and just felt right. these vibes in these specific areas of the hotel. So 
we continued to, we couldn't go to sleep that night. We, I bet. Oh my goodness. I don't blame you. And we, we had the TV on weird thing. And, and the, the power outlets would not charge our phones very fast. And they, I mean, and I've heard things about how spirits can travel through, you know, like currents like that. Um, and then the, mm -hmm. on TV, we had on the Golden Girls, and it happened to be the episode where they they were trying to serve uh, solve a murder mystery in a hotel. No way! And we, yes, and then we started to watch the Jeffersons, and Hollis said, "Daddy, look!" Uh, and I looked up at the uh, the TV, and there was this old tiny man character who was smoking a cigar. And apparently J.P. Morgan like is, can sometimes be seen at the hotel smoking his cigar. This is getting this, weird. This no, I was thinking it's one thing to know the history of a place and then go there and seek out, you know, like haunt people who like hauntings or ghosts or ghost hunters. You go there and you know the research and the weird things that could happen. And then you can imagine it would be easy to interpret every knock and bump as a ghost. But you guys went in cold. Totally and blind. then later, everything's lining up. So that makes it so much more authentic. Yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And then I started thinking, you know, we had gone to dinner that night and gone out and about. And I did, I started thinking, you know, some of these people look a little um, gothic, like scene where they like to go and stay in like the hotel where like Whitney Houston died and like they mm -hmm. go to like like Jekyll Island Club and they like you were explaining where they love they just they're all into it and um this is definitely after reading up about it this is definitely one of those places that they seek out and they they come to stay and and like you said they may come and not experience anything at all and here we were just totally blind idiots going into it <laughs> we have all night of just too many weird spooky things that happen to not recognize it i guess and not you know want to tell the story that is so cool guys very very interesting experience i have two questions for hollis um first of all can you describe more the vibe you were feeling like did you feel cold did you feel like someone was watching you um, definitely at nighttime i felt like when we were kind of walking up the stairwell and stuff like I felt kind of like breezes behind me and kind of, it was kind of just not what you would expect. And it was a lot like, I, we didn't, I didn't see anybody that was like a ghost or anything, but I definitely felt that someone was there or someone was like behind you. The room felt definitely like heavy and like someone was like watching you a little bit. Definitely felt like that. Aren't you glad you're not quarantining in the hotel? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, that would be scary. Um well, somebody somebody commented oh somebody commented on my Facebook post about it and said she may have not have dreamed that, that she may have actually seen that woman and Oh, I, um there was actually really quickly um we were going to like fill up the ice bucket that they put in like the room and it was down in like the um, employees mm -hmm. place kind of in the vending machine wasn't working, was out of order and everything. But there was like one lady like, in the back room or something mm -hmm. and she was kind of like staring at me kind of the whole time and she was holding laundry by herself <laughs> with like no one there. She kind of was just like looking at me and I didn't really, really think anything of it obviously, but like it was definitely was like kind of creepy. 
Now, have you ever had this type of feeling before? Definitely not. No. If we ever stay at like a resort or like a hotel, it's definitely really happy. And I've never had this experience or never had like anything like this happen to me. The women in, in Rachel's family tend to have have that I don't know what it is it's like a like a sense and 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 it's just I don't know they they have some Indian in the, in them and you know I, I you know I've watched American Horror Story and stuff and um you know obviously all that's based off of I, I would guess some sort of research but I don't know some sort of connection to the Indians and and that place is built on Indian grounds mm-hmm. um, there it is there it is that's a very <laughs> common theme in the south is there something to that? Because it was like where Indians were massacred and and things like yes. that. Definitely. We did a story in Savannah the last episode and talked about, Caitlin talked about how the basically the city is built on the dead. I mean, it, not just um, Native Americans, but all sorts of graves to the point where if they're building something new and come across an old skeleton, it's hardly news. I mean, it's... it's um, the, and Charleston is not far behind in terms of building on old, uh, whether it be slave cemeteries or Native American burial grounds and just not having, you know, in the old days, not having a respect for those sorts of sacred areas. So you can imagine disturbing that ground could mm. potentially create some pretty weird vibes and, and wake, awaken ghosts or energy. It's just, it's crazy. And, you know, we checked out that next morning out of, out of the club. <laughs> did you uh, really? Yes. I mean, they, I, I did not think that Rachel and, and Hollis definitely would not spend another night in there. <laughs> was you nice. can't really enjoy your vacation with vibes like that. <laughs> yeah, th- that doesn't go hand in hand with a kind of a beachy feel. Definitely not. So thank goodness there were other places. But it's probably hard to kind of escape in the South because... There were so many, you know, uh, Indians here, Native Americans here, and of course, so many battles and, uh, you know, soldiers who were, um, you, know, you know, killed and, and, and buried. So it's probably hard to, to escape down here in some of the older, especially in some of the older properties. I've had other people uh, mention that they lived in a, uh, an old Revolutionary War era house in Mount Pleasant. And he said growing up, they would see Revolutionary War soldiers all the time. It was just it kind was of, just like part of growing up. Yeah, so it was it was definitely uh, weird. And thinking back on it now, um, you know, people will the the reaction was mixed. People were like, you know, would you go back? I would go back, but I Hollis and Rachel definitely would not go back. I would. I would but, definitely go back to explore it, like in the middle of the night or something. I wanted to do that, but. In the middle, you would Yes, not. I would. I told you I would with it. If I wasn't something, I would. Okay. So now that you kind of have an idea of the history and that you're not the only one, you're like, okay, this could be kind of cool. Yes. Very neat. Said, yes. Very neat. But, but she's being very brave in the middle of the day with the sunlight out. I don't know if she would do it at night because before we left, she was really fat. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you all. This is what I want to ask you. I also read that ghosts uh, tend to... Uh, visit children more than adults is is that a common theme that I think it's just weird that they chose her 
the youngest in the family. I actually looked that up before um, we jumped on because I thought it was interesting that she was the one that kind of had the main experience with y'all. And this one blog I was reading said that children are, first of all, just more sensitive to that kind of energy. But Ooh. also the reason for that is because they haven't Almost like they they're, were not saying, as, they're not as jaded, like they're yeah. more more open. They haven't and kind it, of learned that it's not real yet. So they are kind of perceptive to it. That's wild. And so many of the, the ghosts, the reason why they have stayed behind, especially uh, some of the, the, the women ghosts, is because of things that have happened to their children that they have not completely... I don't know, like the resolved before that they can move on. And that, that that's a reason why they, they visit the children before they visit mm -hmm. all of us skeptical adults, I guess. You guys <laughs> yeah. definitely go back and listen to our Savannah one. That was, there's a woman, a ghost woman, apparently who wanders the square there and is still looking for her child. So there's reports oh. even, even today of like a lady running up to people saying, help me find my baby, help me find my baby. <laughs> Because Forget she was, she was, uh, she was pregnant, had her baby, and then was hanged for her crimes, um, and just apparently before she died, begged to hold her baby one last time, and they wouldn't let her, and all this. So it was like really messed up. Rachel's overstanding in the doorway, listening to that story with <laughs> goosebumps running up and down her arms right now. <laughs> Yeah. The best part of that story was that nowadays people will call the police and be like, there's a lady with a missing baby. And then they all joke about it because it's been done so many times. Oh my gosh. All right. We're going to go back and watch that episode or listen to that yeah, one. Yeah. Listen to that one. They, they like send the rookie cops out because they know it's not real anymore, which is kind of <laughs> oh messed up. <laughs> Until there is a real woman looking for her baby. I know. Really? <laughs> Well, we know what we're doing tonight for our bedtime stories. We're listening to the podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this recording. We can't wait for our listeners to hear your story. Hollis, we appreciate it so much. Hopefully you don't have any more spooky experiences anytime soon. <laughs> I hope so, yes. Thanks for having us. Well, we plan to air this over all of the platforms where you guys listen regularly, but we will also be posting this as a video. So we took a shower today <laughs> and we're going to post this video to our YouTube channel. You can find us by searching the unrest podcast on YouTube. Yeah. Like Madeline said, we don't typically record these for video because we like to enjoy not being put together That's <laughs> while a beautiful we're chatting. Thing. Um, but we just thought it was so special that Ben and Hollis could join us on our recording here um, and show their faces along with telling us their story. And yeah, like what an awesome story and experience. And they like encountered so many kind so of much. paranormal things. Enough to want to check out the next day and be like, okay. Right. I know I was laughing at them talking about, you know, some people like to go to these places to see these type hauntings. And I'm like, I know, we're like, <laughs> Madeline's always trying to get us to go on these tours. In her gothic attire. My <laughs> <laughs> Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven t-shirt. <laughs> and it's cool to get it from a child's perspective, although clearly Hollis is super smart and mature for an, a typical 11-year-old. I think that was obvious, but uh, to have it from her perspective was really neat, too. Like you heard Hollis say, oh, like, I would love to go back and explore at night. And... 
you know, in the moment though, when you're experiencing it, that's like the last thing you'd ever want to do. But right. afterwards you're like, well, it wasn't that bad. I'm big right. and brave now. <laughs> you go into it actually knowing to expect something. It's a little different, but if it happens out of the blue like that, oh, it's so creepy. And kind of like they mm-hmm. mentioned, Jekyll Island has this really rich history because it, you know, is so old and, and so many people, different kind of, kinds of people have lived and died there. And Madeline, you looked into some of that history. So for today's spook school, we're going to learn about the history of Jekyll Island and the Jekyll Island Club in particular. But Jekyll Island is a great vacation spot now, but it was first inhabited by, like we talked about, Native Americans. You know, like most places in the U.S., I feel like they're hanging around mad at us to this day, but they traveled to the island. There's a lot of hunting and rich farming and stuff in that area. And so that's kind of why they they flourished around there. Then the French kind of came in around 1562 and found, you know, the coast of Georgia. There was thousands of these Native Americans. And then eventually the permanent settlers were, of course, the British colonists. And they began to start building and claiming all of this land as their own like, up and down the coast. They were like, oh, look, you can really grow a lot of great stuff here. You've already started it for us. Let us take yeah, it over. Appreciate us. Right? And Jeez. so eventually, General James Edward Oglethorpe founded the colony of Georgia in 1733. The island is named after a financial backer of his. His name was Sir Joseph Jekyll. And then Oglethorpe kind of gave some duties to a, a major William Horton to build an outpost on the island to protect Fort Frederica, which was on St. Simon's Island. And so funny that they talked about that because I am going there for the 4th of July. I've been there a few times and I was actually thinking about this time they do have, you know, a ghost tour. Uh, you guys know I'm from Georgia, fifth grade. Like your whole life, you looked forward to the fifth grade field trip, was, which was the first overnight field trip allowed. Mm. And our elementary school, shout out Craig Crocodiles, went <laughs> to Jekyll Island every year, just the fifth graders. Well, the fifth grade class before us got oh, in no. trouble, was up to no good, don't know what went down. But all I know is that I never got my chance because the next year they changed it to a day field trip to the Tennessee Aquarium. What? Oh, gosh. So the I still Aquarium. haven't been to Jekyll Island. Yeah, they didn't have a Georgia Aquarium back then. So I still have oh, never okay. been to Jekyll Island. The end. Yeah. Did they stay at the club? I don't know. Where would you, I, where would you put a bunch of fifth graders? I don't think they did because it's it's kind Expensive. of pricey. Yeah, I wonder if they even just like had camps or cottages or something set up on the water. I don't know. All I know is supposed right. to be really cool and like your first time getting to like see your crush out of school and they ruined it for <laughs> us. I didn't realize that it was so close to St. Simon's. So who knows? Maybe I'll get to see it when I'm there. I'm excited to go and hopefully I will get some ghostly stuff for you guys. So make sure you follow our social media accounts but you should definitely do the ghost tour yeah and I'll I'll try and video some of it but an interesting fact is in 1747 Georgia's first brewery came about when that William Horton that we talked about earlier he purchased a great 
copper pot and began brewing beer there. And so that was the first brewery in Georgia. And so a lot of building and farming went on. There was also quite a few plantations on the island. And then in 1886, the island was purchased by the Jekyll Island Club for $125,000. The whole island? Yep, the whole island. But it did say that at that time, that was almost like, I want to say like two point billion or something like that. Sounds cheap to me. But it became kind of a well-to-do vacation spot and resort. It was also a hunting club. And members of the club included some really wealthy people like the Rockefellers, Joseph Pulitzer, and the Vanderbilts were also known to visit this club very often. So it was definitely a prestigious club and resort. Only like the wealthy went there a lot of the times. But then due to World War II, club came to an end. And then in 1947, the state of Georgia bought it as a state park. Oh, but then they had a grand reopening in 1987. And then like he said, you know, it has been the backdrop for some films over the years. This is so strange, but X-Man was filmed there. Hmm, Um, So so quite a range of history on this island. And uh, I want to go there one of these days, especially if it's haunted. And it's apparently so haunted that they host a ghost hunting weekend every single year where they bring in like a paranormal expert. They, you can buy a package and basically stay for two nights and they um, have food for you. And then you go through like a class for ghost hunting and then they let you hunt for ghosts on the property. Um, it is a little pricey, but I mean, what a cool experience and Clearly, they uh, are haunted enough that that kind of thing pays off. (laughs) Well, I like some of that history. That gives a good perspective to how the club came about. So are you going to enamor us with some more spooky stories? Yes, I am. In fact, Madeline, thanks for asking. Good. Um, I also want to point out that I've gone through a lot of this goldfish bag. This is my pregnancy snack of choice. But I appreciate that you mute the microphone every time you take a bite. Oh, you noticed. (laughs) I know. I'm crunching away, so I go mute. I I was like, how are we not hearing her? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be a courteous snacker. Mm -hmm. Well, I I now quote the websites that that we found on this topic, but there are quite a few different ghost stories and strange occurrences all over Jekyll Island and that whole kind of Sea Island area of Georgia. So these phenomena are not new and according to this one website i think it's hodnet cooper they were saying that apparitions have actually been reported for years throughout that whole 240 acre area of the national historic landmark district jekyll island and nearly every cottage every house um, that you come across has some sort of mystery and restless soul or tragic story associated with it so There's a lot of untimely deaths and adventures and mischief, and it seems to just be kind of stuck on the island. So one tour guide, it looks like her name is Zenda. She says that uh, one time a woman captured an orb on her cell phone, and on that same tour, uh, the guide reported feeling cold spots following her. Like She went through a cold spot, and then it stuck with her um, through portions of the tour of Dubignon Cottage. And a couple of the other more French named things definitely lean toward that. It makes sense now that you mentioned, Madeline, the history of the French. 
So other people have seen like flickering lights and empty buildings as the tour, that one specific tour I was talking about went through these moss-draped live oaks. They could see kind of what they thought were spirits moving and lights on and windows. And it's, it's all kind of, you can imagine plays with your mind when there's moss draped on the oaks and you're walking around experiencing it. There is also- And I will say like for you to fill- a cold spot in the south when it's like yes. so humid and hot. I mean, that would immediately give it would you stand out. Yeah, yeah, it would stand out. You're you're not gonna forget that because it would probably feel really good until you realize you walked through a ghost. You know, <laughs> like um, right now I'm feeling some breeze coming up ooh. from behind because I'm sitting on top of the air condition. Oh, I'm about that's, to freeze to death. That's strategic. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so the cold spots are, are very common experiences there. Hearing like voices and laughter and Victrola music playing, kind of a nod to the old days out of nowhere. That's apparently another common occurrence. And then people even seeing spirits walking around in their period dress costumes. And we heard, we've heard this in other cities, um, but kind of assuming at first maybe it's a tour guide or something like that, and then realizing there's something ghostly to it. <laughs> Um, especially if they're in like a shuttered down historic building and you're like, hmm, that's a little strange. So um, that same website was saying that guides have basically noted a lot of different individuals who they think some of these ghosts are over the years because they compare the descriptions to historic photographs. So they really do take it seriously there and they want to kind of figure out who these who these spirits are. So some of the folks that they think are commonly seen are William and Savannah Struthers, Eddie Gold Jr. and Walter Jennings, and um, many, many others appear, but in so many ghost story cases, we have no idea who they are, kind of what their stories are. And Caitlin nodded to this earlier, but as the haunt, as all these mysteries have kind of piled on over the years, Jekyll Island Museum, the staff really embraced it. They started collecting the stories, and during October, they share all of these unusual stories they've hear, heard over the years. And so there are different tours where you can go on and see where people have seen apparitions or felt the cold spots and kind of where all these unexplained events have heard. So guests can, can take part of that, but they can also rent out these cottages. And unknowingly, that's what Ben and Hollis did. Was, <laughs> uh, it sounds like they got kind of a top spot in the club. And the club, and Madeline, you might know this better than I do, but it sounds like it's one main hotel, but then there's lots of little cottages that you can rent out. Yes. And one of those is the Sansuchi house. Sansuchi? Sansushi? This I is kind of- sushi. I would love sushi. <laughs> yes. Um, very cool. <laughs> this, this is interesting because it's the French you name- You can't for, have sushi. Yeah. Sorry. No, I know. I can't. It has to be fried. Fried sushi. <laughs> Tempura. The French um, name sans sushi means worry-free. And that's basically was the whole point of this particular building on site. It was, according to JekyllIsland.com, one of the nation's first condominiums. So, okay, think about it now. Um, you know, my family does not have like condos all over the place or anything like that. But like some people have... 
their beach condo that the family goes to every year, or maybe a lake house their family goes to. Well, this was like the concept of this was first started there at Jekyll Island. They, they know there was a condo in Manhattan called the Rembrandt building. And that was a similar, you know, where it wasn't your primary home. It was a second home type deal for wealthy people. But this, the second known one was the club on Jekyll Island in this building. So they, they would go to the main hotel and drink and smoke and fish and that sort of thing. But they apparently really wanted their own section in their own building that didn't have any kids running around making noises so there were no kids allowed and they wouldn't even sell to families who had kids so mm. what kind of place I, <laughs> I know so it was actually originally divided into six units and now there are 24 that are rented out and again this is this is where jp morgan owned one of the rooms or one of the condos so there are you know lots of stories of him or of other wealthy people who that was their goal was to get away to live a worry-free life have a vacation so it kind of makes sense that maybe that's where they would retire in death so to speak because Mm -hmm. that's how much it meant to them and so now again it's a 24 room property now also on Jekyll Island there's a place called the Horton House And I couldn't find a whole lot of specific examples of hauntings there, but it was more just talking about how it was a relic of the colonial past. It was built for, and I'm kind of doing a lot of history here too for this one because there's, I didn't have specific ghost sightings that I saw, but it's very, it's very often visited on ghost tours and experiences. So they actually built it out of tabby, like oyster tabby, if you're familiar with that. So if you ever see driveways that are made with crushed oyster, which is like kind of a upgrade to your normal driveway, the whole place is built in that. It's really cool looking and it's still standing, although it's empty and a little bit on the um, rundown side. So it's just run as a historic house site now. The, the Dubignon Cemetery, so from that other house, that's across the street. So it's all connected. It's all nearby. But all of this, you know, the damage, the battles, the his- the war history in the area, you know, led to lots of creepy sightings near this Horton house as well. So it's it's kind of an interesting spot that you can visit, I believe, for free and see if you have any experiences there. And then next door to all of this, you know, not too far away is St. Simon's which Ben and Hollis mentioned. And I thought a kind of a cool example of a St. Simon's haunting was the lighthouse there. Now I have been to St. Simon's because that's where we partied for Georgia, Florida every year and then went down to Jacksonville for the actual game. But I, you know, I I must say in college, we weren't super involved in in exploring the history of the area. (laughs) We were busy getting drunk on frat beach but you're exploring the brewery (laughs) yeah yeah we were uh not really looking at like hiking the lighthouse or anything so I might I should probably go and have an adult experience but there is um just something kind of about lighthouses in general that associate them with ghostly occurrences and with spooky things and I'm not sure what that is other than maybe it's they're they're known to be dark and tall and hard to escape and then the people who live in them, I mean, it's a 20, who lived, live, I don't really know if they're still functioning ones, but this is a 24-7 job. So, I mean, you're, it becomes your whole life. 
And therefore, maybe it becomes your whole death too. You stick around to make sure things are still okay. Well, and I think it's that they're just all really old too. It's not like they are building new lighthouses now because boaters have GPS. They have all these other, you know, kind of electronic gadgets to know that there's a barrier island ahead that they might run into. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be haunted by the lighthouse keeper. It could be, you know, a ship that crashed on shore and sure. the whole everyone died or something along those lines. That's a good point. And this article, Explore Southern History, it also, it talks about that a little bit and that they were kind of like dungeons of ancient times, um, but instead of going down deep, they went up high and that mm-hmm. they're they're in specifically and purposely put in isolated locations. Um, that's the whole point. So that makes sense. Um, now, the St. Simon's Outhouse has been there since 1872 on the coast of Georgia, and the lighthouse keeper at the time in 1880 was Frederick Osborne, and he and the assistant, they kept that lighthouse operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They shared... The, the assistant and Frederick shared a home next door with their family. So you had the main lighthouse guy, Frederick, on the bottom with his family and then assistant on the top with his family. And there was like a central stairway that connected them. Well, the, the story, the ghost story goes that Osborne um, suddenly, the main guy, main keeper, spoke in an inappropriate way to the wife of the assistant guy. They got upset, they fought, and the assistant, John Stevens, shot and killed Osborne, the main keeper. So Mm -hmm. according to this website, Stevens was arrested, charged with murder, but then after hearing how it all went down, the jury acquitted him of his charges. (laughs) So (laughs) I guess they were like, oh, he spoke inappropriately to your wife? Murder justified. And... (laughs) After that, you know, that, so that's kind of what, that's a little bit of background because not long after that and not long after all of their deaths, there started being reports of a ghost at St. Simon's Island and specifically in the lighthouse and newspaper clippings across the country have, have cited this before. And at one point, the wife of a later keeper, her husband's out of town. So, you know, it's her job to kind of fill in while he's gone. And she was having issues in the lighthouse and apparently Frederick Osborne, that original lighthouse keeper, had once told, you know, it was kind of known that he said, if you ever need help, just yell out for me. So in frustration, she finally yelled out, okay, fine, Frederick, come and fix it. I can't figure it out. She said she heard some noise, looked over, and saw the figure of that French-Canadian former lighthouse keeper bending over, working on the lighthouse mechanisms, trying to help fix things. She passed out because she was so freaked out, (laughs) reasonable. And then came to hearing kind of the click, click, click of the normal lighthouse operation. He's gone. Lighthouse is working again. And so some people say that his death was so sudden that he never stopped his nightly routine inspecting and fixing up the lighthouse and that his figure has been seen all over, you know, not just in, but around the area and that lots of people hear his voice or footsteps in that spiral staircase leading all the way up to the top. Spooky. Yeah, so that St. Simon's one would be cool. I've climbed, Nick and I climbed the Huntington Island Lighthouse, which is not far from Beaufort, but it sounds like you should check out the lighthouse while you're there, Madeline. I kind of knew that story. 
from going a long time ago and of course there were stories of it being haunted but I didn't know the actual story so I will definitely try and get some pictures of it what's his name Frederick Frederick Osborne yeah listen for some footsteps and try to get an orb for help with your headphones (laughs) those are some fun spooky stories from Jekyll Island St. Simons I'm sure there are plenty more and we'd obviously love to hear any of your real life encounters whether it's in one of those places or elsewhere I think this was definitely a fun episode we mixed it up a little for episode 10 yeah oh nine I think this is dang it nine (laughs) whatever (laughs) number nine number nine yeah So like Carter said, we definitely want to hear you guys' real-life spooks. And it was fun actually getting to see them and see their reactions, you know, to their stories. There are several ways that you can reach us. You can email your real-life spook to the unrest podcast at gmail.com or call us at 843-564-2101. Do you hear my husband making ghost noises in the <laughs> oh. other room? thought it was Frederick. Damn it, Frederick, be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) No one takes us seriously. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, Hey, we'll put you on here too if you want to hop on on Zoom. We are flexible. We take all means of ghost stories in different formats. And thank you again for listening. And unrest unrest in peace.